0: Hello and thanks for joining us from our studios in Tel Aviv. Coming up in today's newscast. A Palestinian group calls for a war with Israel. Israel comes up with an alternative to heart transplants. And we reveal why you might be seeing a lot more Chinese tourists in the Holy Land. I'm Denise Wood here with the latest news in Israel. U.S. and its allies have launched a campaign demanding that the U.N. come up with an appropriate response to Iran's recent missile tests. The campaign comes after intense pressure from the Israeli government to punish the Iranian regime, especially after learning that the words, Israel must be wiped out, were written on the missiles. Now the U.S., Britain, France and Germany insist that the recent launches of missiles which are capable of carrying nuclear weapons were in violation of U.N. resolutions. The four nations submitted a report to the UN calling the launches destabilizing and provocative. Israeli UN Ambassador Danny Danon has welcomed the report, saying that there must be consequences for Iran's hostility toward Israel and for its complete disregard of the Security Council. Danone's now calling for the report to be followed up with new sanctions against the Iranian regime. The Security Council resolution was adopted last year after the Iranian nuclear deal was signed calling for Iran to abstain from launching any ballistic missiles that are capable of delivering a nuclear weapon. Russia is expected to oppose the Security Council's action and possibly use its veto power. Israel and China have a long history of cooperation, but the two countries are taking big steps to strengthen ties and encourage their citizens to visit each other. Israel and China have announced a major academic collaboration. The two countries have signed seven educational cooperation agreements including the establishment of joint Israeli-Chinese study institutions and investments in student exchange programs. The deal is expected to cost around $68 million over the course of nine years. And Israel's Council for Education hopes to increase the number of Chinese students studying in Israel. The announcement comes just as Chinese Vice Premier Liu Yandong is visiting Israel. And Israel and China are beginning negotiations over a free trade agreement.
1: I was delighted to hear today from uh, Vice uh, Premier Liu, that China is prepared to begin free trade agreement negotiations with Israel. This is a momentous development and we are ready to do so right away. We have uh, so much that we can do together. We discussed the various fields in which this can happen in healthcare, in remote education, in agriculture, in marine agriculture in IT, in every field of human endeavor, the cooperation between Israel and China can yield enormous results. And we believe that Israel can be a perfect partner for China's plans to move its people upward, and I think move the world upward."
0: And that's not all. Israel and China are also set to sign an agreement that will grant Israelis a 10-year multiple entry visa to China making Israel the third country in the world to be able to do so. Only the U.S. and Canada currently have the visa agreement with China, who is notoriously strict with its visa policies. Israel is calling the agreement a major diplomatic achievement. It will also allow Chinese citizens to obtain a 10-year multiple entry visa to Israel, which Israeli officials are hoping will stimulate tourism. Currently, around 30,000 Chinese citizens visit Israel each year, and Israel is hoping to raise that number to 100,000 within three years. Every year in Israel, tensions rise before Passover, and this year's no exception. Palestinian groups have been increasing incitement against Israel in recent weeks, in an attempt to encourage terror attacks. The Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem has been the focus of a lot of the recent incitement, and the Hamas terror group has released a statement saying the mosque will remain the main source of inspiration for the Jerusalem Intifada. Hamas is also calling on Palestinians and Israeli Arabs to gather around Al-Aqsa and protect it from invasion. The group also claims Israel is trying to keep Palestinians from coming to the mosque to pray. And Hamas isn't the only group that's stepping up their rhetoric against Israel. The Islamic Jihad has also released a new video that promises to avenge the deaths of Palestinian terrorists that were killed by Israel. The video is called Blood Readiness and was released by the military wing of the Islamic Jihad terror group. The video shows the group digging tunnels and preparing for war with Israel, and claims that Israel is killing peaceful Palestinians, without mentioning that they were attempting to carry out terror attacks. The video comes as the debate rages on in Israel about a soldier who shot and killed a wounded terrorist in Hebron. The soldier says he thought the terrorist was wearing an explosive belt and was trying to disable it. Many adults and children who have cancer, strokes or conditions like Parkinson's disease struggle with eating and swallowing. The solution is to often give them a tube that's inserted into their abdomen, giving them the nutrition they need to stay alive. Sounds great, but often the tubes can become infected or even fall out, which is expensive and forces the patient to be hospitalized. But one Israeli medical company has come up with a solution to the problem. FeedMe CEO Shahar Milis is here to tell us how their new product helps eliminate these problems and gives patients a higher quality of life. Thanks for coming in. Hi. So,
2: evening. first
0: of all, what is a feeding tube and why do some people need it?
2: Okay. Feeding tubes are a uh, life saving uh, procedure or a life-saving solution for people who cannot eat and swallow. And that caused by uh, numerous conditions like you described, like uh, cancer or stroke or uh, neurological conditions such as ALS or Parkinson's disease. And those people who cannot eat for a long period of time need a feeding tube inserted directly into their stomach to be uh, kept alive and for their uh, nutrition sufficiency.
0: What is your company's tube doing that is different than what's on the market right now? It sounds like it's a painful procedure currently, what's going on and that it causes a lot of problems. What is what you're doing helping solve that?
2: Okay, so feeding tubes uh, basically have been around for about 35 years. And this is a typical feeding tube. So you can see it's long and it's heavy and bulky.
0: And what part is actually going out of the body?
2: Uh, Yeah, Uh, all of this basically. So it's really long. the internal retention uh, mechanism, and they have this long tube taped against their uh, body. So they feed through that tube, and this tube stays for a long period of time. But feeding tubes today suffer from a lot of problems that haven't been solved during all those years. The main problem is dislodgement. These tubes maybe uh, get entangled in stuff and be pulled out, or uh, get caught in a shirt or bed bed sheets or something. And this tube, when it dislodges, it's very painful. It causes uh, injury for the stomach, for the tract. And it's also something that would uh, require the patient to rush into the hospital to have a new tube reinserted. So that's one of the main problems that feeding tubes have today. The other problem, which is a very frustrating, time-consuming problem, is that these tubes get clogged over time. Mm -hmm. As food and medications start to build up inside the tube, uh, feeding becomes longer and longer, and uh, frustration increases by the patient or the caregivers who uh, support the the patients, and eventually the the tubes will clog. And when it clogs, they will either try to massage the tube and try to open that, or um, try to inject soda or warm water or any other solution, and it takes a lot of time and sometimes it doesn't work and the tube has to be replaced altogether Mm. just because it got clogged. So what we're doing is we have a low profile enteral feeding device, which means that for the same insertion, same kind of procedure, we have a low profile device which is very discreet, can be uh, very uh, close to the skin and doesn't require the long tube. It it uses the same kind of procedure, like I said. Uh, It uh, prevents the accidental dislodgement because we have uh, came to approach it from a different angle. And we identified the problem as being that tubes today have a very soft internal bumper because it's designed to be pulled out by traction when it has to be removed. So there's a conflict of uh, requirements from this product. It has to be rigid enough not to dislodge and soft enough not to cause any damage. So we approached it uh, from a different angle and created a much firmer uh, internal bumper that will not collapse. It is soft, but it will not collapse. So for removal, we're doing a different thing. We're just inserting a tool which looks like a basic uh, screwdriver. And we break apart all these small pieces which will fall into the stomach and the replacement will have to just extract a tube which has uh, no force, no pain and no damage to the patient.
0: It looks like basically, I mean these look like two totally different products. It seems like this, yours is much, yeah. li- much less likely to get pulled out on accident or basically to cause any of the problems you just described. And if this is something that our viewers are seeing and maybe they have these problems and it's something they want, how could they go about getting that? Is it already on the market? When will it be on the market?
2: We're currently in the final uh, validation stages of the development of this product and we should expect to reach the market in the US and in Europe by uh, first quarter of 2017 probably.
0: Oh wow. And if someone wants that, would they just ask their physician? Or how would they go about actually using your product, as opposed to a different kind of feeding tube?
2: Um, Basically the same. It's the same kind of procedure. And the physician will indicate uh, the use of a percutaneous endoscopic gastrostomy, which is this feeding tube. And if he chooses, or if the patient wants, so so they'll communicate and they'll uh, use this device.
0: Fantastic. It looks like it's going to improve a lot of people's lives and make a big difference. Thank you Thank so much you. for coming in. Imagine a mechanical nose that could sniff your breath and tell if you have cancer. It might sound like a fantasy, but one Israeli professor has already invented it. And now, Good Magazine says he's one of the world's most influential people who's working to make the world a better place. Technion professor Hosam Haik has been named as one of the most good people in the world, according to Good Magazine. The international publication recognizes researchers for the good they do for humanity and has named hike as one of the 100 most influential people in the world who's working to make the world a better place. The magazine says the individuals on its Good 100 list are spearheading change in various fields, including business, science and education. So what exactly did hike do? He's best known for inventing the nanos technology, which can sniff out cancer in people by mechanically smelling parts of their breath. Cancer tumors produce chemicals that have a specific scent profile. Four times out of five, the mechanical nose has been proven to tell the difference between benign and cancerous tumors. The inexpensive and non-invasive system can pinpoint several different diseases, including lung, breast, colon, gastric, and ovarian cancer. Hike was also recently awarded the Humboldt Award for his technology, which is given to prominent researchers who significantly influence their field of study. And Hike's not done. He's currently working on several aspects of the system to diagnose additional diseases and to connect to smartphones. If you have heart problems or cardiac disease, you know how life-changing they can be. While Tel Aviv University has just unveiled a revolutionary heart patch that could save lives and become an alternative to heart transplants. Israeli researchers have developed a 3D remote-controlled bionic heart patch that expands and contracts like a human heart but it regulates itself like a machine and can be programmed to release drugs from afar. They're calling it cyborg tissue, which is made up of live heart tissue that was grown in a lab, as well as a 3D printed patch and nanoelectronics to help connect the components together.
3: Well, this is the first time that uh, uh, engineered tissue, thick engineered tissue, functional tissues are integrated with the electronics to uh, uh, become cyborg tissues, meaning that there is integration of a machine and living uh, uh, tissues. What we've done here, uh, we created this uh, smart patch, smart cardiac patch. Uh, The patch is not only uh, uh, comprised of the cells and the biomaterials that make the cells uh, a tissue. it also comprised uh, or integrating uh, smart electronics, nanoelectronics within. And the role of the electronics is to sense the function of the tissue, and to provide uh, or activate the tissue uh, when needed.
0: It might sound like science fiction, but it means if a patient isn't feeling well, his doctor can actually log into the computer, view his patient's heart remotely, and then intervene to treat him.
3: The patient uh, is sitting in his house is not feeling well, and uh, uh, the physician immediately sees the condition of the heart on his computer and can remotely activate the heart, can provide electrical stimulation, can release drugs, And if you really think about this technology, we don't even need a physician because the cardiac patch can regulate its own function.
0: The Cyborg Heart Patch is expected to save the lives of patients whose hearts have been damaged by heart attacks or cardiac disease. But researchers are already working on using the patch to treat neurological conditions in the brain and spinal cord. Professor Tal Devir is part of the research team at Tel Aviv University, and he says the patch could serve as an alternative to a heart transplant, by releasing medicine and producing heart cells to repopulate damaged areas of the heart. The patch will likely revolutionize the medical world, but it's not going to be ready for a few years. Devere says the next step is a series of trials on animals, and then if they're successful, human clinical trials. Even though there's still a lot of work to do, Devere says the patch should eventually be cheaper and quicker than current medical practices, especially full heart transplants.
3: Our vision is to, uh, uh, there would be uh, organs with electronics that would be transplanted and this is exactly what we're doing now in the lab, we're not just engineering a patch, a piece of tissue with electronics, we're uh, trying to uh, print, 3D print a whole organ, the whole heart, with the electronics within and I believe that in the future, in 10-20 years, there would be such bionic organs to, uh, uh, um, in the market or in hospitals to be transplanted.
0: All this talk about Israel's amazing new heart technology brings us to our Hebrew word of the day. Today's word is lev, which means heart in Hebrew. Even though lev literally, literally refers to a body part, Israelis like to use it to talk about a person's character, compassion, and courage, just like you would in English. If an Israeli thinks really highly of someone, they might say that person has a levzav, or a heart of gold. But it's not all fun and games. In Hebrew, lev can also be used negatively. If you grab a coffee and forget to ask your Israeli friends if they want anything, they might tell you "en lechalev," or you have no heart. But Israelis like to say Al or don't take it to heart, because they're probably just joking. Let's go ahead and take a look at the weather forecast. Tomorrow is expected to be sunny with a high of 71 degrees. The pleasant weather should continue into Friday with a high of 75 and even sunnier skies. Alright everybody, that's it for today's news. Today's exchange rate is 3.78 shekels to the American dollar. Remember to sign up for our daily newsletter at ILTV.tv and don't forget to check out our evening update every night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks for watching and see you tonight.